Such a beautiful word. But actually, since the inception of humanity, love has played the most fundamental role in sustaining and keeping humanity and in the progress of humanity itself. Because how did humanity start? It started with some kind of feelings between a man and a woman. Whether you want to look at it from a religious perspective or a non-religious perspective, either way, there was always some kind of a bond between a man and a woman. And from there came the nuclear families, then the extended families, then we had our friends, and so on and so forth. All love came, all life came from love. And actually, love comes from life too. They are very interchangeable words. But what is love? What is really love all about? Is it just a word, a simple word that you and I can just say and just forget about it? Or are there a lot of consequences and a lot of connections between love and many, many other aspects of life? Tonight, I'm really delighted, as always, to have a very distinguished guest with me, who has been my guest before and is my guest today, and I'm always delighted to have her as my guest, is the university professor and clinical hypnotherapist, Odise Nasser. Odise, hello and welcome to the program. Hi, hi, sorry, I had to unmute. How are you? Fine, it's, it's a real pleasure having you with us tonight. Thank and, you. And also, I'm really delighted to be accompanied with, with Marwa Masoud. Marwa, good evening. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Pleasure mm -hmm. is all mine. Pleasure is, is having both of you with us tonight. And to start off our discussion, um, Odis, can I ask you, what is love from a scientific point of view? Yeah, well, love, Love has been debated for a long time and it has gone through so many cultures. Every culture has a different meaning of love. So one psychologist, Dr. Robert uh, Sturberg, in 1988, he decided to just kind of put the science behind it to find out what is love from a scientific or behavioral study. And, and he did a lot of research and he came up with the fact that love comes down to a triangle. It's like a triangle. And we go through three stages of these trends. The first stage is the um, intimacy. So that's the first stage of love is you have intimacy. Intimacy is the bond, is the friendship, it's the connection that we have as humans. The next stage is the passion, the, the hormone, the sexual lust, you know what I mean? The, um, the desire, the attraction. And the third stage, so three, I'm doing three. And the third one is the commitment. That's the, that's the ultimate goal. And the commitment is where you are now not depending on your emotion, but you're consciously actually making a commitment. You really love the person deeply that you choose to be with them. From these three stages, he narrowed down to seven types of love, depend on what stage do you hit. Do you want me to go through them or? Absolutely, yeah. Um, 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, but just before you, you delve into this, um, sure. I, I want to ask you about, like, there is, um, I don't know if, if this is what you're about to say, but there are, like, the common four kinds of loves uh, since the ancient times, since the Greek times. So we have the agape yeah. love, which is the love of humanity and love of mankind, which sometimes people would refer to it as divine love, the love of God for, you know, humans. And then there is storge or storge or storge, uh, depends on how you want to pronounce it, which is the love of parents for their children. Then there's philia, love of equals, love of friends. And there is eros, which is the uh, erotic love or the lust-based love. Um, to, to what extent do you agree with this definition, these well, four kinds of love? They, they do exist, but what he did is he tapped into it from, a, from psychology, from behavior, from biology, what happens to it. But he does mm. tap into them, but remember what you're saying, these are Greek words. They're Plato, I think, and um, ancient Greek. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so he said, for instance, it depends on which part of the triangle. So this is triangle here, you have intimacy, you have the um, passion, and you have the commitment. So if you have this and this, that means you have this. You may have not, I know it's confusing, but it, there are so many factors, there are so many variables. But he said, for instance, uh, there are seven. He narrowed down to seven. And some of these kind of relate to what you're saying. For instance, you may have only the friendship love. These are all kinds of love. Friendship is when you have only intimacy. The first part of it, that's it. You only have intimacy. Um, you have uh, infatuation, which you have, that's a different kind of love. Infatuation is meaning you have only passion. You don't have any of the other two. So passion, I guess that would be, uh, what, did you, what did you call it? Um, so uh, um, like it was Eris. Eris is the, is the lust, love, or the erotic <laughs> love. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the second one. The third one was the, uh, I believe he called it um, empty love. That's the third type of love. Empty love is when you have commitment, but you don't have the passion part. Then the fourth one is the romantic love, which is you have intimacy and passion. These two from the three. Then you have the compassionate love, number six, which is you have intimacy, sorry, I gotta check my nose. Intimacy, but no passion. And sixth one is the, I forgot the name of it, fractious love, I think. And this one you have commitment and you have passion, but there's no intimacy. But the ultimate love, the purest love, which is the hardest to achieve, is the last one. It's the consummate love. That's when you have all the three. And that's what I think. It's like the, the best love you can have. And I believe that would be what Plato, Plato was talking about. It's like love, the ultimate love. The platonic so love, love, yeah. What platonic we call love. Platonic and love. Yeah. this one, the, the uh, consumable, uh, consumic love is the goal of every animal, every mammal, every human being. But good luck achieving it. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of commitment. It takes... Going through all the three stages of the triangle, tapping on all of these. This is the hardest to achieve. So would you say this is the kind of love that would be, um, I'm in love with the essence of my partner. So it's not, it's not like the external looks or the lust part, but I'm 
like like it's like um, um, like there is there is an eternal bond between me and them, you know. Yeah. They're my soulmates. Like the the notion of a soulmate. Mm-hmm. So finding a soulmate that can really relate to you and and create an eternal bond with. Is that the kind of love you're referring to? Yeah, because you have the three. You have the friendship, you have the lust, and you have the commitment. You have the three. Remember, commitment Mm. is the conscious side of you. It's the the, the brain part. The first two is just emotion. So when you combine your emotion and logic, it's the ultimate. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Now, uh, if we move to Marwa, like, um, as a non-specialist, how do you see love? How would you define love? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, for me, I've been searching that topic for the last 10 years. Um, but I was in the spot by being invited into that show to speak about it. So I had to kind of uh, dive in in that topic and actually find out exactly if there is any definition of love. I haven't found any definition. That's from my uh, level of intellect or research. So for me, love, it's not just um, a word that we can define it, uh, def- define the word or have a definition for that word. It just, um, there is, a, uh, as uh, Odis had introduced in the beginning about the, the triangle and the cultural, uh, how the love was introduced in the beginning, different culture and different era. Um, I was talking about maybe uh, thousands of years ago, love was or uh, the partnership or the marriage has been introduced through um, uh, like it's sort of family or uh, some interests in one another it has a lot of uh, uh, interference of family what we call it now arranged marriage like uh, uh, maybe on the tribes that he can be uh, uh, marry a woman in a certain tribe because of her uh, status or she marry a man because of certain status and that developed uh, in the maybe 18th century in the European era of romantic and romanticism. Uh, when that happened actually changed the love had uh, took a shift uh, completely about you know how love is which is uh, basically for me and in my generation or nowadays, people look at love that we thought we know love, but we don't know love. We love based on what we've been introduced before, uh, through movies, uh, novels, uh, poetry, um, films, and it's a lot of romantic stories that maybe was introduced in the beginning and that actually evolved from the 18th century and um, give different uh, structure of that love, basically. So as uh, Odis had uh, mentioned, that you feel that kind of feeling or emotion or intimacy towards a person and you actually feel, oh, I fall in love. We hear that words a lot. (laughs) So uh, like we need to actually, I I don't see there is a definition, a real definition uh, for love, but we can see type of love, basically how the love has evolved or changed over centuries until today. So if we're talking about the romanticism, because this is a big, uh, uh, I would say, I don't wanna, I, I don't wanna say things that it will offend people, but it's a mess for me, for me, it's a myth. Because uh, this is all we know about love is 
I meet someone that, oh, I, I had feeling towards that person. And then I see that, oh, he's my soulmate. I now find the person that I can complete life with. But from my own experience being uh, in this situation or like a, in, in different stages of my life, uh, and also from people around me, I found that this is, um, uh, it's not the right thing basically. So I'm trying to now find out exactly, should we still follow that or we've been deceived by all these ideas about love uh, and the romanticism. Um, so basically they were talking about this relationship as um, uh, like we love um, like instantly, like we see someone, we just feel good about that person and we need to be with that person and think, okay, now I, I find the, 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 the soulmate. But um, we need to actually discuss, is that really the true love? Mm -hmm. So there is a big, big uh, misconception about like what we think love is today, basically. Um, so for me, love is not just a word that we can give it a definition that you can feel uh, uh, happy being with the person. It comes with a lot of things. Uh, what we love, actually, do we love the person because of the appearance or uh, how we we see that person or we feel towards that? Yeah, person? There, there are many factors that you know, really affect our decision. And uh, uh, like you say, uh, like you just said, like we might have a misconception or misunderstanding of our own feelings as well. Um, now you pointed to uh, the age of romanticism and that um, love, like as we know today was created at that time. But uh, let's um, go back to the dawn of history and these I, I want to ask you here like we have very ancient stories of love and um, even divine love so we have um, uh, Isis or Isis and Osiris uh, the god and goddess of ancient Egypt uh, their their like their love uh, we also had uh, in Greek mythology as well love between uh, gods and goddesses and gods and, and, and humans. And uh, we have, uh, you know, uh, three very famous stories from the Greek times. So we have uh, Oedipus, Antigone, and Electra uh, talking about love for the mother, for the father, for romantic love, and different kinds of love as well. Then we go later on to uh, famous stories like Romeo and Juliet and uh, Pride and Prejudice, and, and so on, and so on, and so forth. Uh, to what extent do you think that the, the pop culture played a role in creating our imagination of love? Do you think that, that like media, art, um, lit, um, poetry, um, have created sort of an illusion in our heads? Is that for me or for Marwa? Yeah, for you, this for, for you. Um, that's based on my opinion. That's just my opinion. Uh, of course, I agree with Marwa 100%. Um, I like what Freud said. <laughs> I like science. Freud said that love is just an imagination um, because love is what you perceive to be love. For instance, Marwa brought in a really good stories of like we read whatever's happening now and we think, well, this is love. It's just what you perceive. It's interpersonal. What person sees is not what really is reality. So 
Zeus, for instance, I like Zeus. Zeus says love is one person, a man and a woman that were cut in half and they had to be separated around the world and they have to search all their life to find each other. I mean, that's so beautiful and that's romantic, but that's not reality. Yeah, love exactly. doesn't you. <laughs> exactly. Um, Freud says love is just an illusion. Love is just um, an emotion. And emotion is not logical, honestly. For me, love is, I love my cat, I love my mom, I love my dad, I love beautiful things, I love nature. So it's just an emotion. The true love is when you have your emotion and, and cognitive thinking together, when you have to really emotionally think about that you really love the person. Do you really love them because you really love them or because you had no choice? Do you love their, what Marwa said, do you love the appearance or do you love the person from the inside? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's all perception. Everybody can tell you different opinions on it. So I just know one thing, you will know if you're in love. You will know. But but do you think that sort of media and like culture, um, you know, art and so on and so forth, distorted our vision for love? Like we always look for um, like a Juliet or a Romeo, which which doesn't really exist in in real life. Yeah, of course, because um, even the beauty right now is distorted. I don't know if you are Instagram, for instance, you see these girls who are super skinny and they are changing their body so they look more attractive because they, in their mind, that's what a man loves. Their mind is that's beauty. So it's all distorted. It's all with Photoshop. Everything is fake. Um, right now we have um, all these girls doing all this cosmetic surgery to look not natural. I find them kind of not natural, but to them, that's beauty. They think that's beautiful. And they believe this is the new way of looking good. And because that's what beauty and love looks like. Um, I have seen friends who love to them is like a $20,000 ring. To them, that's love. Versus another friend, she's like, I don't care what he gives me. I don't even need a ring. I just need a relationship. So which one is true love? The first one or the second one? To me, obviously the second one, the first one to her love is like, yeah, he's spending money on me. He's over evaluating me because I want to look good. So of course it's uh, distorted. It's whatever the media tells you. Whatever the media said, this is love, then you consider it love. That's just opinion. My so the, the media created sort of a stereotype for a love and we sort of have uh, like um, prototypes or archetypes for, for love as well, like Romeo and Juliet and, and, and so on. Um, now, I'd like to ask Marwa, and, but please, Odise, I'd like your insight as well on this question too. Um, but from your experience, Marwa, do you think that um, men and women define love in the same way? Um, I, no, I don't think men and women find love the same way, um, now, but I, I'm talking about two different things now about what's been happening <laughs> and what should be actually from my, uh, my opinion again, um, uh, what should be done is actually men and women or, or love in general shouldn't be a difference between men and women if we're talking about the basis of love, not based on the romanticism, uh, it could be based on reality. Um, 
which is uh, basically we need to uh, love not the same, we need to actually walk away from romanticism because as you mentioned, Mohammed, uh, we were being deceived by the ideas or ideologies or introduced in the movie and poetry about what love is. And that actually was a hit to, I think me, one of them, <laughs> I gotta admit that when you really uh, get married or you, you, you think you're gonna see what you've been introduced in movies and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, idea in your head or imagination about love. And then we said, oh, no one and talk about, no poets talk about uh, laundry or chores in the house <laughs> and kids and all the bad stuff. So all about like uh, the love and the scenery, the sunset, uh, the, the, the cliffs and all this uh, vision that being introduced, it make you like, kinda, as uh, Odis mentioned, you know you're in love because those feelings that introduce, I find the men that I can uh, experience and share all these uh, imagination with. But unfortunately, no one had uh, told us, even I would say from parents, uh, friends, uh, movies, all the culture around us have not really actually been deceived. I would not say intentionally, but um, I think today being mature and uh, the, that intellect and the, the the experiences that we have around us, we should really be now walking away from romanticism. And if we do that, uh, then men and women can love the same way, basically, because the foundation that we can establish, it will uh, set things in the right direction and can actually promote long relationships. Because romanticism actually, um, failed us, failed us to have a long relationship because it lasts really well in the first three months and then to go, it goes into another phase after and then another phase and then it ends up in two different directions, basically a separation. So for, for me, ideally, um, I'm not gonna talk about what, what it is, but what it should be, which is we can look in the future and try to make a change and educate people about what love is really. Uh, not what we think today is love. This is not true. Mm -hmm. So we need to actually, I would really be uh, delighted if I can be part of uh, um, more research. And uh, I think uh, love for me, it's not a feeling anymore. It's a skill need to be attained and acquired uh, for people to understand what love is and commit to a longer relationship. Okay, so um, taking what Mara just said now, these and like the classic definition um, is that love for men is different than women because uh, the percentage of lust and the erotic part is much higher in men than in women, while in women it's more the psychological bond that plays a more important role. And um, even, even in, in the erotic or the sexual part, to reach a form of orgasm or satisfaction for a male, it's mostly biological or physical, but for a woman, it's combined. Like it's not only the physical part, but it's the uh, psychological satisfaction. Because, um, and please correct me if I'm wrong, physiologically, the, the need for like a sexual relationship for men is more frequent than women. Uh, how correct is is this um, notion or like what I've just said, like how correct scientifically that is? 
Well, the science actually says women are hornier than men, <laughs> but we just don't act on it um, because of you know, pressure. But um, love has uh, like three scientific backing to it. So for instance, men and women, doesn't matter. We both, we all have um, the biology. The first part is biology because love is an emotion, just like it's a need for eating, thirst, Maslow's needs, a hierarchy of needs. So love is an emotion in our biology, in our DNA. We are born with love. Then comes the second part. Besides the biology part, you've got the evolutionary part where as mammals, as humans, way long time ago before there was marriage and before anything, when we were just cavemen and cavewomen, evolution made us love our kids because we need to survive. It's the, it's the survivor of the fittest. So we have to protect our children because we need to move on. We need to continue living. So that's still love, but it's beyond the biology now. There is a little bit more protection. There's the evolutionary thing that um, Darwin was talking about. But now, in the last maybe 10,000 years, I'm talking 10,000 years ago, we have evolved to include psychology in love. What, means, what I mean by that society, um, cognitive, the social um, upbringing, that plays a part in how we see love. But love has always been with us. It's an evolutionary, biological, hormonal, everything is there. In my opinion, there's no difference between man or woman. We both have both. We, we have the sex need, we have the hormones, we have the erotica, we, have, we can both get orgasms. But what comes into mind, what makes it right or wrong, what makes a person take longer than you know, the other person, it's just psychological. It has nothing to do with the hormones. We all have the yeah. same basic needs. We all have the same evolutionary needs. But the last 10,000 years, we're introduced to society and culture and customs and what's right and what's wrong and what's expected, like Marwa was saying, romanticism and all that stuff. And that's what stripped us from what we were supposed to be as animals. That's what played a part in our thinking and how we perceive love and how we are comfortable with our bodies, like body shaming for women, because that's huge. We shame women from their bodies. We tell them, don't do this or do that. So mm -hmm. a woman will always be less um, open, more shy, more, you know, depends on the culture, right? Yeah, in some cultures, there's like genital mutilation as well that happens for women, for instance. Exactly. And, um, but in, in your opinion, like from a scientific perspective, you think that the desire for both men and women for love or lust would be equal, like regardless from different stereotypes that we might have from culture. So both of them have the same desire. Yeah, because evolution and biology is the same. When, okay. it, comes to the need, when it comes to the need of love, remember, love is, uh, is the need. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, a it's a basic instinct. It's a basic instinct. Exactly. You can say. And um, going back to tomorrow now. Um, so we sort of define what love is or like try to define what love is. Of course, it's, it's, it's really um, far and beyond, really. It's, it's something that is very hard to really um, contain in a few words or phrases. But um, is love just a word 
or is it a responsibility? Like what comes along with love? So if I meet a woman and tell her, I love you, or if you meet a man and tell him, I love you, is that it? It's just like you, you need to ventilate, like you have something inside and you need to let it out and that's it. Um, just speak your mind out or is, or there's much more to it. Uh, of course, uh, love is not just a word. And, um, uh, when a person or two people meet a man and a woman and one tell the other, I love you. He wanted to kind of rephrase it and say, I admire you because <laughs> love is not happening. Simon <laughs> and instantly like that, uh, between, uh, two people meet, but it could be admiration. As we said, we look at for beauty, strength, uh, some sort of like uh, surface things when we meet um, a person. Uh, but we uh, need to kind of wait until we say the word love because love, it's, it has a, res a responsibility, as you mentioned. If you tell the person, you, I love you, or you tell her, I love you, then it's basically come with a big responsibility. Um, so I think that should not be uh, said at early stages. And there is a bit of work between two partners, basically. They need to find about each other. Uh, they need to look at beneath the surface and see uh, the flaws, because we cannot really say, like in the Romanticism, for example, they say, you're loved uh, unconditional, <laughs> right? <laughs> so regardless your your flaws, that stays, as I mentioned, maybe a few months, and after that, they start really seeing all these uh, uh, broken, uh, distorted uh, picture of each other. So I think in the beginning, uh, when people meet, they need to actually really love what is on the surface, but actually also see beyond or beneath under the surface and try to uh, gently understand these differences and meet and accept all these uh, differences. I cannot really be uh, fooling a person and say, I love you as a whole regardless. That's gonna be only today, but reality that's not gonna happen in the future. So we need to be honest to each other in a relationship. For me, when uh, like a date, a first date, for example, should be uh, everybody talking about his uh, craziness, his, uh, like everybody should be open about that. Tell me how you are crazy or you know what I mean? Or what is, uh, the, the issue that I need to be aware of, not just looking at how you look, uh, how you talk, you're charming, you're all these kind of superficial things. But those things not being introduced, I think with dating, it become like more, everybody wanna meet the person and show the best of, her, of him or her, her um, and then actually hide everything, let them, let them fall in love with me and then after that, I will shock her with the uh, with <laughs> surprise <laughs> surprises. Uh, but I think a, a healthy relationship that we should be actually gift each other our flaws or our uh, uh, deficiencies or uh, mm -hmm. you know the, all all the the stuff that need to be come forward. But we do like things that it's good, and we uh, we accept the other things because we have to actually believe that we are not perfect. And this is also the romanticism, the deception, when they actually uh, tell everybody we are all perfect. So I'm looking for the right soulmate uh, 
uh, I'm easy to, to live with if I have more the right person. <laughs> all this idea, it's a lot of statement that it came and it was, you hear it all the time, but it's, uh, it's actually, uh, that actually make us, uh, put us astray, I would say, in, in the wrong direction, yeah. Perfect, thank you very much. And um, Odis, um, I'd like to hear your insight about what Marwa said, but uh, let me just add a little part here. Um, psychologically, uh, what is my due diligence? Like, what is, what is, like, is there some kind of a rigorous study that I should do for my partner in order for me to know that I'm really in love with him and it's not just lust? Like, how, how can you tell that um, it's not the facade, it's not only the, the surf, the, you know, the superficial love it's not only like I, I don't just love it's it's um like is it just skin deep or is it more like what is there a way for me to differentiate between uh like lust and love is there is there a way to differentiate between both well it depends on your maturity level because i really agree with mara with this a hundred percent that you don't get to see the true color of the person until you just spend time with them but it depends under what conditions i'm gonna give you an example my cousin used to use and i still swear by his words he said if you really want to see the true colors of the person uh, <laughs> i'm gonna make sure he watches this he said he used to do this with girls in jordan he would ask her on a date and he will say to her i'm gonna show up at 7 p.m to pick you up and you will show up at 5 p.m to see her without the makeup and without all the hairdo and everything. And to him, that was like this true story of seeing what she really looks like. It was kind of cute, but I, I personally find love to be a verb, not just a noun. A verb meaning you have responsibility that comes with it. When you tell somebody you love them, you don't just say it. You need to make a promise. You have to promise them that you will give them something. You promise them that you will be there for them. You promise them you will support them. You promise you don't hurt them, but it's an emotion. So Marwa is 100% correct. Today, I love you. You know what, tomorrow, a few months later, I'm gonna dump you. And that's what mm -hmm. happens in reality. Mm -hmm. My personal opinion, my personal view is that, from my experience, you don't get to see the true colors of the person until you have seen them through a different scenarios. So if I just started dating you, I don't believe in long distance relationship. I don't believe video relationship because you don't get to see what the person's gonna react when you're angry. Is the person jealous? Is the person overprotective? Is the person um, too clingy? How is your partner gonna act when you're angry? Is he gonna support you or she's going to support you? You don't get to see any of this stuff until life puts you into that moment and you get to test and see how this person is. So it's impossible to find somebody and fall in love within two weeks. It's, I, it's impossible. To me, that's just lust. Um, and it doesn't mean, I have seen couples who have been together for six, seven years, perfectly happy. They get married and they've been living together and they get married. Six months later, they get divorced. So that kind of blew my mind. I'm like, why are you divorced? You've been living together for eight years or six years. What changed? Maybe the pressure of the paper. So, and I've seen people who get married after maybe six months and they're happy. They stay together for a long time. It depends on your maturity. How mature are you? 
are you able to pick up the signs? Are you able to make a judgment that this person is true? Is this person is not taking you for granted? You're not faking anything. So is, is there sort of, them? I'm sorry, I'm sorry I cut you out, but um, yeah, like is there sort of a litmus test that we can do um, to really differentiate, like not only for the other par partner, but for ourselves too? So when someone tells me that they love me, or when I tell someone that I love them, how, what is the litmus test? What, what, what should I do or ask myself or look for? What are the signs that I'm sincere when I say I love them and they're sincere when they say they love me? What things should I look for? Ah, that's a good one. For me, you have to earn it, for, personally, because I've been hurt. So. Uh, for me, it's uh, when it comes to loyalty and trust and love, oh, you better earn it, honey, because I'm not letting you in. I'm going to keep my guard up. But because of my situation, my advice to somebody else is just let the person prove themselves. You can't, you will know whether, you know, which chemical in the brain will show you that this person is trustworthy. It's up to you. It depends on you. Um, we have a lot of psychological issues right now. I'm treating a lot of people with, for instance, um, Borderline personality disorders. These are the most um, hurtful people. You had, uh, Yanni, I feel bad for them because to them, love is clinginess. They have a very insecurity when it comes to love. And that's the problem with their personality. As soon as they meet a partner, they're so afraid of the person leaving them and they end up destroying the relationship because they're so clingy. They're so, there's nothing to do with how, perceive, how they perceive love, but there is an attachment issues with them. And what happens is they just want to rush into it right away because they think a marriage will actually save the relationship. Um, there's some people, I personally, personal opinion, you may not agree. I don't believe in marriage. I don't think marriage is anything but a piece of paper. If I have a kid, I want my kid to get hurt at a young age. I want my kid to date. I want my kid, if it's a boy or a girl, it doesn't matter. I want them to fall in love. I want them to get dumped. I want them to get hurt. I want to build their radar up. I want to build their immunity up because once they're older, once in that 20s and 30s, when they're ready to meet the proper person, they've already gone through all the hurdles. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in not allowing kids dating and loving because it's natural. You have to, but just teach them how to do it properly. I don't believe in holding on until they're 21 to allow them to go and date and after two months, yalla, 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 get married. That's the worst yeah. thing. That's the worst thing we do because that's a failed marriage. I, I don't believe in any of this stuff. I believe love is pure. Love is something you have to teach the kids to do it properly. It's good when somebody says, oh, I'm you know, 12 and I've hurt my guy friend, you know, dump me. I'm like, good, good. Now you're learning. Now, next time you fall in love, you'll know what it's like. I know you may not agree, but, but I will always follow my cousin's advice. Always show up early, put them in situations, test them, you know, just, just let them prove themselves. It's and like, like any, any sort of experience. Personally. You need time. Like the more you do it, the more you excel at it. Like it's just like any experience in life. So you'd say love is the same thing. And uh, going back to Marwa, and as well as usual, Adisa, I would like your insight about that. Um, from your experience, Marwa, like to what extent did love change 
with age. Like when you're a very little girl and like at your um, like, you know, puberty or adolescence and teenager and, and so on and so forth. How many times did your like definition of love change? Um, yeah, definitely change over time based on ages. Because when you're in a teenager, you're full of emotion and you've been driven again by the romanticism <laughs> and seeing uh, someone, you admire somebody, superficial things and appearance and all that stuff. We're really at a young age, we're attracted to different things uh, than we get mature in ages. Um, and then you come back in the age of maybe between 20 and 30, which is uh, you're looking for a longer relationship or a com longer commitment. Uh, this is basically, we think we know love and we made the right decision, but we basically, I'm admitting now, we didn't know, until now we don't know what love is. And uh, we need to learn actually, or acquire the skills about love but at that age uh, you basically commit to a longer relationship with the intention to be forever <laughs> uh, but um, because the foundation was wrong and as I like basically it comes to uh, uh, self-awareness uh, no one of us know who we are really because you don't see yourself you need to know yourself from somebody else so if we come that has to come with parents. Parents will not bother telling you, they know all your flaws and what good you are in and what you're not good at. And they don't just hurt your feeling. They love you as it is. So they don't tell you anything. And your friends, they're not gonna tell you what's the issues with you because they only don't care about it because they wanna have a good time with you. <laughs> just spend a, a short time with you. And then when it comes to, um, uh, like basically we have no self-awareness like uh, exes they maybe know a little bit with the with, with fight and stuff but they also will not bother they just separate and then no one knows about oneself basically we don't have the self-awareness so basically you go into a relationship with assuming i'm the perfect person why why things are not going and he thinks he's perfect and this is the ideology that we uh, construct life with or partnership so because of all this again uh, the foundation was totally wrong it gave love or uh, a different a different stage that proven afterwards it's not the right one but at this stage i think we're mature enough to know that we need to actually humble ourselves and say we are trying to learn love really even though you're you're, you're older or you're mature enough, but that's the maturity level puts you in a state that you can just say, I don't know what love is. And I'd like to learn the right way of love, the realistic way of love. So definitely like the stages is different. It all have a lot of experiences and put us where we are today. Um, if we don't go through these experiences as uh, Odi said, feeling uh, emotional and all that stuff and differentiate. You cannot know the right from wrong unless you actually have some bad experiences. And uh, I actually not really critique about it. I'm actually happy from all experiences that I've seen in life because it puts you where you are today. And uh, it's a lovely journey and uh, it gives you a bit of wisdom and, and curiosity to, do, uh, to learn more and do better. And basically if, 
men or women the same uh, can work together to better themselves like oneself basically if that's the goal then two people come to a relationship they're going to be actually trying to work together to struct to construct actually that relationship for a longer term because they're going to talk about their 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 faults their uh, issues the broken part the distorted area of our life and all of us as human being we've been like um in one way or the other have experiences that scarred us right as Audi said that from one experience you're gonna say oh i'm scared of being and uh, committed with a person i can actually date and then when it comes to a serious relationship i back out why because i have in my mind uh, bad experience or uh, something that scares me so that's also another responsibility of love that when you come to a relationship you need to clean up you need mm -hmm. to actually uh, not accept person as his perfect or i am perfect we need to actually love what is perfect and actually negotiate what's imperfect <laughs> you know like negotiate yeah. it and then actually work on how we can um, uh, deal with the with the differences basically that's uh, what make it more uh, bonding and make a successful relationship absolutely and uh Odis, so again um going back to age and love or you said that it's an experience it's a life experience that comes over time and when you try time and again you start understanding what what uh, is your own uh, is your own personal understanding of love because there is not a generic or like um um uh, you know a one definition that has um, the acceptance of everyone in the world. So everyone might see love in a different way. Uh, uh, the first question I want to ask you is, do you strongly advise people not to get married or to have a long commitment with their first love? So my first answer would be, you will know. Honestly, I mean, you will know if this is real love. Are you in the lust stage or in the love stage or the commitment stage? If from previous videos, remember there was like three stages of love. But personally, I believe that we know that one thing that the brain keeps evolving. Your thoughts, your brain keeps evolving until the age of 28. Before 28, if you get married so young, I find it young. If you get married before 28, the chances are, depending on how mature you are, it may not last. If you wait a little bit, if you wait until you're 30 and you're stable and you've gone through a couple of relationships and you are marrying not because of social pressure, because of the life stage that you're in, because you're expected to get married. You get married because you want to, that will last longer. So that's not on me to tell the person, get married or don't get married. I would always say, you make that decision. That's your life. That's your choice. Mm -hmm. But we do know, for instance, different chemicals in the brain triggers when there is only lust. And then there's different chemicals in the brain that triggers when there's the, the, the dopamine and the serotonin. I don't want to get into mm -hmm. biology. 
but you need to have the commitment. You need the serotonin. And what I mean by that, the serotonin is the one that tells you, yes, I did find my ultimate lover. To get this little guy up in your hormone level, you have gone through thick and thin. You've probably been best friends for a while and then you fall in love. Uh, you cannot separate because love is an addiction, it's just like a sugar addiction, like drugs. It's the same thing as having withdrawal symptoms from drugs. So I really don't know. I don't know the answer. That's a good question, but I, I always say, you know. But if you're 16 and you're in my clinic and you're like, I'm in love, I'm like, come on, you're 16. You, I try to explain to them about the three levels, right? And then I'll say, don't rush, you know, date, don't get married, date. What's the point? Date, wait, try, see, go from there. Yeah, build your own experience. And because like, like both of you are saying here, like if, if you think that your partner is flawless, is ideal, then you don't really love them. Like part and parcel of love is knowing and fully accepting your partner with his or her flaws. Uh, but if you think they're ideal, they're just, you know, um, uh, an angel in disguise, <laughs> this, this can never be true love. Mm -hmm. but, but again, going back to love and age, um, there are biological changes that happen and physiological changes that happen to the human body with, um, you know, if we talk about hormones and so on, uh, maybe the desire for like, um, sex or like, and so on might, might vary from one age to the other. But again, um, is it like, what is the percentage or like, uh, to what extent does, does love play an important part in a permanent relationship? So um, would you give love like 20%, 25%, 50%, 75% to sustain a relationship, to keep it going forever? Is that for me or for Marwa? Uh, for you, and then I'd like to hear Marwa's perspective. Mm -hmm. For you. Ah, okay, sorry. For, sorry, I didn't know, because I had on mute. Um, to me, love is not as important as the commitment part. So if you remember the three stages, so there's mm -hmm. lust, then it evolves into love, then it evolves into commitment. If you want the long-term relationship, you want the commitment one. Because now you're going from just sex hormones, which is the lust, then evolves to the dopamine, which is a short-term happiness. But then the dopamine, after a long time, if you stay together for a very long time, it becomes a serotonin. The serotonin is the long-term bond. It's the long-term hormone that keeps you happy. Mm -hmm. So love is, is a vital part. Obviously, you have to love the person. But the most important is the serotonin because that's permanent. That stays until you get your heart broken <laughs> or the person passes away or something happens. Then the that's a different story. But the ultimate love is to have the three. But which one is more important? the commitment, the last stage. That overrides everything. You can have a very happy relationship with someone with no sex, but you still love them, and there's a big bond between them. You don't need to have sex, because that's just a, a sexual need. It's short term. That's my two cents. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you very much. And uh, Mara, your perspective about this? Uh, yeah, I agree with the, with this hundred percent about that. Uh, the love changes over time, but it's still love. But it actually take a different format, basically. As the younger or the early age of the relationship, there is a certain need. Uh, I'm not going to talk about biological <laughs> needs that uh, at the, in the early stage, and then it goes responsibility and other needs require also a different way of love, which is loyalty, uh, trust, accepting uh, one another, be patient with one another. If someone makes mistakes, we need to be exercise patience and given time to kind of uh, reflect and understand what makes the person be in certain situation or behave in a certain way. So that comes with maturity in the relationship. So that's also a form of love, that understanding. And then as it mature and as Odi said, the sexual need is kind of declining. There's a lot of other need, the companionship, the, the, the trust, the, the uh, having a good time, uh, maybe um, discuss ideas or uh, doing things together. So, but for me, consider all this consider love and as a relationship it prolonged, it create credits. Um, from one another like there is a good time that and contribution to that relationship that can put it as a I call it as in a bank account basically so all those things is being built up and add up so that person become um, the credit is high that even if anything is declining you feel okay even that does not exist I have a lot to uh, cherish that I have with that relationship that make this relationship maybe uh, bonding and uh, prolonged for a for a longer time. So for me, at all level, there is a love. It just takes different format based on um, actions and um, uh, events in that relationship, for sure. Yeah. And um, Odis, if somebody is heartbroken, or if somebody tells you that they love you, but it's just a hoax, like they're just making it up, uh, what, are, what are the psychological effects of that? Of um, someone who's being dishonest in uh, their feelings. So someone tells you, like, you know, you're my ideal match. You're like, you and I are a match made in heaven. You're my soulmate. But they, they're just um, after, you, you know, after you for lust. And once they get it, then that's it. They're out. Um, how can this affect you on the long term? If you were, if you've been tricked by someone, the um, there is actually it's a medical term. It's a clinical heartbroken person. It's a clinical mm -hmm. heartbreak because what happens to you when you're in love, you really trigger the dopamine and the oxytocin, which is the same hormone that is triggered when you're addicted to something. So you become addicted to the person and the longer you are with them, the more addicted you are to them. Imagine any kind of addiction. So you are with somebody, forget the loss. Imagine you've been together for 10 years and complete loyalty, complete love, complete everything. And all of a sudden, you know, somebody drew the, what do you call it? Rug under your feet. Is that what we say? Pulled the yeah. rug under your feet. What mm -hmm. happens to you? The, these two hormones will automatically drop. They will just drop. And then what comes instead is the, um, uh, the stress hormone, cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone. It gets replaced by that. Cortisol is like a, a disaster. 
because cortisol is the um, that causes stress. It's the one we use for fight or flight. So mm -hmm. that's going to skyrocket up the roof. You're going to have anxiety. You're going to have depression. You're going to have panic attacks. You're going to have um, acne. You're going to have uh, weight gain or weight loss, nausea. There's mm -hmm. a lot of reaction physically to the body. Mentally, you, you, you killed the person. Listen, physical, emotional pain is exactly like physical pain. It is pain. When somebody says, I'm heartbroken, believe them because to them, it's pain. Um, how am I going to explain this? Do you remember the movie um, John Wick? Is it John Wick? Yeah, John Wick, yes. Where Brother Wick, I think when, when his wife was dying, she gave him a puppy, right? Is it John Wick? Where, anyways, and some gangs came and killed the puppy? Was it John Wick? I, I think so. I think okay. so. So just in case if anybody didn't see it, so there was like three parts of the movie now. Um, in the movie, John Wick was a guy who had uh, been uh, a big gang leader or something, and he quit because he fell in love with a woman. But she ended up dying from cancer, and then while he was mourning her, like a few days after she had died, he received a puppy that she had gifted him in her honor because she knew she was dying. Two days later, or a month later, one of the old gang members came in and they shot the puppy. So he started going on a gang spree and he started shooting everybody. He killed the whole thing in the movie. It's like a drama thing. Um, everybody was saying, oh, well, just a puppy. Like, why would he just do the whole thing for a puppy? The question is, what is the puppy to him? See, to mm -hmm. us, we're watching this. It's a puppy. To him, what do you think the puppy meant to him? Is it just a puppy? It's his wife, what it represents to him. So when somebody breaks up with another person, it could be, I have seen people that got heartbroken and a few months later, they're banged on and moving on with somebody else. And I have seen people who are heartbroken and they could never get out of it. They are just depressed mm -hmm. for years and they can never get over it. Because what did that mean to them? What is that love meant to them when the person walked away? What did the person walk away from? What was that person representing to them? It's a huge responsibility when you break something. It's huge. It's not an easy thing. And um, Marwa, like from your perspective, from your experience, and um, finally, I'd like to ask you and then get Odisa's like again, um, scientific point of view about that as well. Um, is there sort of a prescription you would think of like do's and don'ts for someone who's um, someone who thinks that they're in love? Like what kind of things should you look for? What kind of things should you avoid in order for you to minimize the risk or to have a calculated risk? with whomever you're planning to have a long commitment with? Yeah, I like that word prescription. <laughs> um, it's actually a little bit uh, hard because when you are in a relationship, you want to actually uh, set yourself free to enjoy all these kind of moments and feelings and uh, um, just let go and try to have that sense of um, the relationship, how it's going. But uh, 
as a prescription being um, knowing or heartbreaking, I know I totally agree with Odis about if someone uh, got really like a, I would say unsuccessful relationship and his heart or her heart is broken. I've seen mainly women, women get actually hurt more than men in terms of relationship. And it can lead to a sickness and some people commit suicide. I hear about that too, or lost a way of life and taking pills. So definitely the need prescription when they are people in a relationship, you wanna warn them about just hold on a little bit of your feeling, which is a little bit hard to do. But as I said, it's, it's nice when you meet someone, you wanna actually, um, uh, be yourself, feel the, the joy and all that stuff. But there is a bit of thing that I was introduced to, something called emotion intelligence, which is basically you can still enjoy the feeling, but you let you can ride the, the emotion, not let the emotion ride you, basically. Because what happened with this uh, uh, sickness and uh, stresses and all those kind of devastated situation with the broken relationship, it comes from uh, unable to handle their emotion. So emotion is beautiful and you need to actually, um, again, it's all about education and uh, learn the techniques to enjoy those emotions and also not let it hurt you if things didn't work. Because sometimes it doesn't work not because someone was not honest. Things happen along the way. Like I cannot really blame one or, or the other, but like if we would be very lucky if the two uh, partners they actually commit together for a longer term but along the way things happen and one doesn't like the other it doesn't matter if a man or a woman uh, or how uh, their their emotion intelligence how they can handle that situation so i think as a prescription i would recommend everybody to uh, taken some courses or educate themselves about what emotion and how to acknowledge their feelings. You know, they need to know how I feel, which is we know how we feel. We feel sad, but we never really think about why, why we feel that way, basically. So there's a lot of techniques. And I think this is my prescription to uh, lovers or people in relationships, for sure. Okay, thank you very much. And uh, this you said something that uh, I think is, is very, very useful to our viewers today, is that um, we don't have a form of a consensus. Like there is, um, we don't have a unanimous, you know, like sort of agreement about what is love for everyone. So you said it's a very personal thing. So what should you do from a scientific point of view? What is your advice to anyone who's watching us today to know what is their love, what is their own definition of love, and not just only take the definition from uh, like parents or peers or from from movies. How can I know what is love for me? That's an excellent question. You know what I from from what I've been seeing in my clinic because I'm a clinical hypnotist. I, I deal. My specialty is depression and suicide. By the way. Um, and mood disorders. Um, I'm trained in suicidal interventions and all that stuff. And most of the cases I get is heartbreak. People have been depressed because they've been dumped or whatever it is. What worked, what I've been using and it worked 100% to turn, um, turn the person over to not kill themselves. 
was to ask them the first question I asked. Are you in love with the person or are you in love with the relationship? Because mm -hmm. we need to separate. Who are you in love with? Is it the fantasy like Marwa was saying? Is it the fantasy you want to be with the relationship or is it just him? If mm -hmm. I replace him, let's say it's a girl and a guy, and I say, if I replace him with somebody else, somebody better, would that change your mind? And we're like, yeah, I think so. So it's not him, it's the relationship. So um, I do something called reframing because I'm trying to open their eyes to show them that it's not the person that you're in love with. It could be just, it's the satisfaction of a need that you're missing. Maybe because you're too lonely. So I need to find out what causes the pain. And then from there, I do something called CBT, which is trying to reframe their mind to focus on them, to make them happy, because you can never be happy with somebody if you're deep inside is not happy. The person should never complete you. You should be complete on your own. And the mm -hmm. person who comes into your life should complement you. But if you're waiting for someone to complete you, like Zeus said, it's wrong because you will always be unhappy. There's always walking in the relationship. Marwa mentioned love changes, things will happen. But if you're complete by yourself without the other person completing you, that's the ultimate goal. So I try to work with the person to try to help them stand on their feet and get stronger and get better. So they are standing and then they will become more um, guarded and they become more equipped to be more ready when, when they meet the right person because they understand what love is at that point. Imagine the people with the borderline disorder. The borderline are the most traumatic people. These are the ones who commit suicide because they have attachment problems. As soon as mm -hmm. somebody leaves the relationship, kill themselves. Mm -hmm. They have the highest suicide rate. It's borderline personality because of heartbreak. And the, their problem is nothing to do with love, nothing to do with relationship. It's attachment. They mm -hmm. never had love with their kid. Mm -hmm. That's really the root cause of their pain. So my advice from my experience is that focus on yourself first. Don't get attached until you're ready. You will know whether the person comes into your life because you're bored or is the person giving you something you're lacking? Because if you're looking for love, go get a puppy. You may get the same love from a puppy versus a person. At least a dog will never hurt you. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah they will never hurt you. And you... Do you believe that, uh, so you don't believe at all that there is like um, a lock and chain relationship or like a jigsaw puzzle uh, relationship between two people, which means that you are the one and only human on this planet that can complement me. That's an illusion, right? I agree. <laughs> so don't you Marwa, what do you think? You agree? Yeah, from what you said, Odis, I like that word, uh, com complete and complement. This is a key, a key word here. So uh, you need every, everyone, either man or woman, should be complete on their own. And having a relationship should complement him or her. That's basically, it's a key word. And, or you would uh, say like a supplement, maybe? Like, yeah, supplement. <laughs> yeah. Supplement to make addition to the life, make it a little bit like j more joy but it's already beautiful as it is because that actually can make the relationship very healthy because attachment can make pressure on one another basically because it's unhealthy relationship. It's a needy personality. I need the person to make me happy. I'm looking for someone who can um, 
uh, do things for me or make me happy, that means you're unhappy already. So you, this is basically a key things that Odise mentioned. Um, you need really to be complete yourself and have like self uh, awareness and uh, um, just have that relationship. Like when you proceed, it will be even more fun, more joy. Uh, because there's no pressure on one another, which is make that, like if that balance is not there, you will feed someone in need that it actually sucks all your energy uh, because you feel that he needs you to do things for him or her basically. So that's why we need to work on uh, advise people in relationship to be happy on their own as uh, if you get a puppy. <laughs> not just that but i mean um if that's the only reason that i need to be in a partnership because i'm lonely uh now my lonely is gonna go away i, I find my soulmate all these ideology again the soulmate ideas or loneliness and all that stuff it need to be banished basically yeah we need to get away of romanticism if you advise people in love just forget about that era completely and really let's build new foundation for a real true love basically yeah um uh, at, the, at the end of this like great conversation really i i i really enjoyed it myself to the max and um and i hope it was very useful for our viewers uh, i really like to thank mara masood for being with us tonight and um as always like it's not the first or second time as always it's a real great pleasure to have Odise Nasser with us and uh, with her great insights and um, her great perspectives here. So thank you both very much for being with us tonight. Yeah, thank you, Mohammed. Thank you, Odise. It was lovely uh, meeting you, Odise, and uh, enjoyed really your insights on this topic for sure. Thank you. You say to you, Marwan, please go don't buy a puppy, adopt a puppy, because I'm, <laughs> I'm into adoption. <laughs> Or get my cat. Absolutely. Nice to meet you, Marwa. Nice to meet you too. Thank, thank you both very much. And dear viewers, if uh, we just recap here, um, always remember that you cannot give something that you do not have. You can never give, um, you know, happiness if you don't have it. And happiness comes from within. So if you're not internally happy, no matter what the circumstances are, you'll never be. So do not look for a partner who will give you something. No, the partner will not give you something. You can work with the partner to achieve something together, but they are not something that would give you something that doesn't exist. Just like Odis said, it's just like a drug. So when you take a drug, when I have some cocaine or whatever, um, it just puts me into an illusion. It's not real happiness. If you take an ecstasy pill, you go into an, like a utopia, an ideal world, like a fantastic world, but it's an illusion. It's a mirage. It doesn't really exist. So uh, the real good life for you to have a real permanent good life, it has to come from you and from your own hard work. Same thing for love. Your lover should never be an ecstasy pill. No. 
They are your partner. They'll work with you hand in hand together to achieve the ultimate goal for both of you here. And if the relationship doesn't work, it's not the end of the world. You still have yourself. You are still there. And it's very important to notice, are you really in love with your partner or are you in love with love itself? Um, are you someone who just got used to receiving a specific dose of a drug on daily basis and now you're just missing that drug in your system? So is it the feeling of romance and love that you're missing or are you missing that part? And definitely the word love is, can be defined in many different ways. So never take the definition of love from your parents or from peers or from cinema. No, you have to build it on your own and it has to come with experience. You can't just get it overnight. It has to come with experience. And definitely there is a lot of, you know, commitments that come along with love. And commitment is the ultimate thing. This is the thing that we're all looking, you know, to have a commitment with the people we love and care about. Dear viewers, thank you very much for being with us tonight. And until we meet again, have a very pleasant evening. Take care.